Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. Welcome to Just Think Podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And it's just the three of us today blazing once again through the headlines, the topics we think, well, we want to make sure you know about because let's be honest, the mainstream is not going to cover it. And I don't know about you guys, but there is no question in our mind that basically American media is trash. (laughs) It's trash. Yes. We're the real virus. That's it. The real pandemic, the real virus is American media. And that's kind of what we want to talk about. Like today, jumping off from there is what they're not covering, what they're not saying, and then how they're twisting it around. And one of the first things that if you want to go watch someone twist words, and I don't even think we have a clip of this, but you know what I'm going to say? KJP? Well, it's in our text thread. (laughs) I can find it. Well, you can find it. Yeah. I mean, that about sent me over the edge yesterday. (laughs) Um, Amy and I, this is one of those moments where when we're sharing information with each other, where we have to agree, we're not going to respond with our honest thoughts in a text because we're sure we're being watched. (laughs) Well, now we're sure we we're definitely sure because wasn't it, was it in a Forbes article or something about how they're reading our texts that they can go back forever? Y'all. And I've said that anyway. I mean, I've said some horrible things in text, like Usually probably halfway joking, but obviously not meaning it, but just being pissed, you know, like you're like, anyway, um, so KJP, um, it's too late. late. Don't worry. Don't even censor yourself now. Just let it go. Open hear us. Alexa. (laughs) Okay. So just in case you didn't know, Biden says he can't fix the border. He's going to blame Congress now that he can't fix the border. Now, now, we all know that's not true. We all know that's not true. The moment he became president, he undid the Trump administration's laws or rules or protocols or whatever you want to call them to that had tightened the border and it had been better than it had been under Obama. So we were actually had better border control from keeping illegal immigrants out. How the word illegal is not emphasized in this conversation. They are not here legally. It was much better. Biden comes in, undoes it, and then proceeds to allow minimum, what is it, six million now undocumented? I think it's more than that. I think it's seven. I mean, it's it's way more than that. And it's so funny that he's saying he has to have Congress when when he came in. It didn't take much but a swoop of a little pen to do whatever he wanted to do. That was real easy, wasn't it? Well, but then all was, of a sudden, now you need help. Now you can't do anything because of something else when you just could take that pen and swoop through everything. It's Ugh. wild. But this is what's crazy. So now Biden's saying, close the border. 
He's saying, close the Now, I want y'all to remember, this is exactly what Trump said, and they call him racist and xenophobic. Okay? I mean, literally, the thing that Biden is now saying is what Trump campaigned on and said, and, by the way, did. Okay? And then we called him, not me, but people called him racist and xenophobic. Well, guess what? This hypocrisy actually got called out during the press conference this week. You could see it on C-SPAN. And Corinne, and I, I literally have to not talk about her because nothing I say is going to be, I will get in trouble for what I want to say about her because she is, I think, probably a horrible human being. I don't know how you gaslight the American public the way you do and sleep at night unless your heart is evil. Dead. Seriously. Mm. All right. Here she is. Y'all listen to what she says when she gets asked. Listen to her non-answer. Her, her non her non-answering. Okay, please come up. Hold on. Please, please work. Where, where is she at? I mean, I'm clicking on it. We're going to make it work out. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I see it. It's just popping up way, way below here. Hold, please. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Back in the winter of 2018 and the spring of 2019, President Trump vowed to shut down the border with Mexico, uh, using almost the identical language that the president used on Friday. Uh, many, many, if not most, if not practically all Democrats, called that xenophobic and even racist. Why uh, shouldn't people make the same conclusion about this president's threat to shut down the entire border with Mexico. So we believe the new enforcement tools uh, that currently don't exist, that will be, uh, we believe that will be part of this bipartisan agreement, uh, will be fair. We believe it'll, yes, it'll be tough, but it will be fair. But he didn't say he wanted to use, excuse me, sorry. He didn't say, I would, on, on day one, I will use enhanced enforcement to improve the processing of people at the border. He said, I will shut the border down. Which, which suggests a, a total rejection of all people attempting to cross the border without, without a visa or without, without proper authorization, which, you know, stands in contravention to decades of international and U.S. law um, that, that governs the, the movement of people around the globe and the, and yeah. the refugees and asylum system. Yeah, no, I understand your question. What I'm saying to you, the new enforcement tools, right, that we believe that do not currently exist, that will be part of this bipartisan agreement, there's, there are different, there are different definitions, right, of what that looks like, of what actually uh, shutting down the border looks like, right? So we're going to let them work through it. We don't know what that looks like exactly, right? What we are asking for, what the president wants to see is that we deal with the challenges at the border, Right, that we have an opportunity to deal with what's going on, the security, and make sure that we have the funding and the resources to deal with what we're seeing at the border. There are going to be different, there are different definitions to what that looks like. And so we'll see what the text comes out of the Senate. And so we will, uh, we will make, we will um, certainly have a, I guess, a broader conversation once that happens. But we believe it's going to be fair. It'll be tough. It'll be fair. They'll have the resources available 
to deal with what's going on at the border. And also there'll be some policy changes as well. But to say that, to define what that looks like right now, it's getting ahead of the process. And we need to let Republicans, both Democrats, they're Democrats up there obviously talking to Republicans. They're both having those conversations on what it will look like, a bipartisan agreement. And that's what you need in order to really deal with this issue. You gotta do it in a bipartisan way. Just to follow up, you've yeah. said a couple of times, as you did just now, that we should wait. You don't want to get ahead of the process. Yeah. I think your answer to the previous question yeah. was that we don't know what's in it. Yet the president and the White House have explicitly said it should pass. <laughs> and well, so how is it that, on the one hand, the president has said, well, pass this thing and send it to me, but then when well, asked about it, you say, well, I don't want to get ahead of it. We don't know what's in it. How because there, no, 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 no. It when you both, know what's in it. Here's the thing. Both things could be true, and I'll explain why. Yeah. The White House team has been part of, right, the negotiations, right? And the president has been getting regular updates, right? So, so obviously, no, 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 no. <laughs> what I'm saying is negotiations are still happening. They're literally still happening. They're still discussing this. If I tell you this is happening today, who knows what could happen the next day? And also, I don't want to get ahead of the conversations, right? I don't want to get in the middle of negotiations. And that is true. But the White House team has been really talking to and part of this discussion for the past two months. So the president has been getting updates, has been getting updates. But, but at the same time, negotiations are still happening. And that's just the reality that we're in. And talking about that from the podium, that will have an effect on negotiations. And you know that, Michael. It would. It would have an effect on negotiations. No. The president has, didn't, didn't exhibit that kind of caution over the last few well, days. Right? He, for me, from here, I have to exhibit that type of caution. Uh, and uh, the president is the president, right? And he wants to give confidence to the American people that we're, that we, he believes this is going to be, yes, it's going to be tough, but it's also going to be fair. And we have to, in order to deal with this situation, and it'll be a historic, if it gets done, this will be a historic uh, deal. But, you know, we have to get this done in a bipartisan way. We truly do. Okay, so it's okay. A historic. It's historic. It's going to be historic because you have a historic disaster on your hands that you created. First of all, what was that answer? Is anybody confused? Does anybody even know what she said? Like, does anybody even have a grasp of what she said? I mean, she, she and Kamala like, went to the same school. They, they, yeah, they uh, it's like you talk just in circles. Talk in circles. You didn't answer the primary question was, is Biden not racist for closing the border? Just like you said, Trump was. Yeah. Didn't answer that question. Nope. Just danced all around that. And then just kept talking and talking and talking about this thing that we don't know yet, but, oh, but, oh, but we have to have a bill and da, 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 da. you don't have to have a bill. I mean, sign an executive order, close the border down. I think most of national security wants that. Every American probably at this point wants that. She's acting like this is going to be fair and something that the American people will approve of. I'm like, no, we are going to approve of what's happening right now. Like fix so, it. And, and the latest poll shows that the vast majority of Americans believe it's a disaster at the border, that it, is the, that it is the issue they will vote on. So no wonder Biden's suddenly going to come out and say, we're going to do something. You've spent the last two and a half, three years destroying America with a wide open border. And I don't, listen, I'm not even saying that for effect. We have no clue what the effect on our infrastructure, on our on our way of life, we can't support 6 million people that are here illegally. And then the best part, and I mean, the best part of all this is when you got the New York City mayor who's talking about, you know, because he's a Democrat 
talking head, basically. He's all for mm-hmm. for this until it arrives in his city. Passion and safe. What do they call it? Um, safe something or like sanctuary city. Sanctuary Come city. and bring yeah. your tired yeah. soul. Sanctuary city, city to show up. <laughs> until they show up. And, you know, the thing is, is and this is what happens in, in the world and in politics and in social justice issues. It's emotion. People will appeal to the emotion to divert from the facts. They want, but we, well, yes, we can feel sorry for people who are trying to better their lives, but I gotta be honest. I don't see a lot of women, children, and and, and men coming over as families. You see mid 30 looking year old men that look like they could be soldiers in somebody's army coming yep. across the border. And they're coming from all over. They're not Mexicans trying to, Listen, I don't know if you guys have been to Mexico and spent any time there. When I talk to Mexicans in Mexico, they love their country. Like, I've even asked, I think I asked about everyone I ever have conversations with, like, do you have family in America? Would you want to? They don't, many of them don't want to leave their country. This, right. If you have this idea that like oppressed Mexicans are trying to come make a better way for themselves, that is not what's happening down there. You can ask anyone who's been there. But guess who hasn't been to the border? Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And guess who is coming across? People who are assaulting our police officers. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then flipping the, the, the bird to the camera as they are released from jail with or released with no bail, just completely released. And people, there's a video clip out there of them trying yeah. to talk to the, these guys. They're just like, I don't know, I'm less and flipping the camera off. Like they really look like they really are going to be an asset to our um, country. And, you know, they've already assaulted our law enforcement and then they're flipping the middle bird and they don't give a crap about America. And that's who, and that is only two, there's only two of the 7 million, 6 million. Yeah. We don't even know who else is in here. And y'all, like, I actually, I'm going to refer to the high wire yeah. yesterday, the episode from yesterday, um, Del Bigtree had a guy on that has done deep dives at the border and it was very informative. There is even a commercial um, advertising how to get like a Chinese, I think it's a Chinese commercial. Don't quote me on that, but like China, um, because it's all related to with CCP and WEF and all of them, but it's actually a commercial show, cartoon commercial showing how they can go from here, get, uh, get, get, get their little transportation here, get on the boat, get over here. It's like through Ecuador and Panama and all that. It shows them how to do it. A- and then our government is involved with having these little safe places for them. They even give them a kit. They give women the like a rape, rape kits. Like they give them like female condoms. They give them birth control. They give. They also tell them what the, what they should say when they get to the border and how to cross. So I'm going to refer you back to that episode because I highly recommend you watching that. And if you because if you are in the dark still about what's going on. You need to know, and it's not to instill fear, but you need to know how important this is. And it is important. It said, for, when you said the most, most Americans, this is according to a recent poll, it says, this is from the Hill. Most Americans in a new poll see the situation at the border as a crisis, a serious problem. The new CBS News poll found that 45% of Americans see the border situa- situation as a crisis and another 30% view it as a serious problem. And the fact that our president is sitting here like just waiting, I don't even care that they've been talking. They've, why have they only been talking about this for two months? That's that was exactly what she said. She said several years. Been involved for two months now trying to do something like, oh, uh, this has been going on since she swiped that pen on that executive order, January 2021. 
We need Thank to play Blake's video. I want okay. you to hear what she said. Let's this is Blake. so good. Do you want to set it up real quick though and tell them who Blake is? Just just so we can. Um, she's like the girl named Blake or a girl named Blake. I can't remember, but um, I think it's the girl named Blake. The girl on named Blake. We follow her on Instagram. Love her stuff. She just had. She always makes some really good points. And um, she was just in her car the other day and completely like losing her mind over this border situation, kind of like how we feel. Like yes. we were losing our mind over listening to that clip we just played you yesterday. Yes. Check it out. Listen to Blake. I'm trying to get through this without any cuss words even though I'm annoyed. If I have to listen to one more member of this administration, which people who dutifully carry their water tell us that the president is powerless to close the border, I'm going to lose my mind. If they would just pass the bill, then I would have the power. If they would just pass this bill, then I would have the funding. If they would just, no. Because if that was the case, then on January 20th, 2021, you wouldn't have been able to blow the border open with the swipe of a pen. You could declare a state of emergency, just like Trump did. You could sign executive orders, just like you did in January. You don't want to. And there's a difference between can't and won't. So shut up. <laughs> shut up. This isn't like some legislative thing that's stuck in Congress and now like, oops, we just have to leave the border as is. No, this is a crisis and you're refusing to act like a president. So Texas is fixing it for you. Mm. Well, she nailed it. I mean, I feel like I feel, I feel her. I feel the exact same way that she feels and trying not to cuss. Uh, also, <laughs> because it's wild. And I, I, I think that what's hard too for me, girls, is like, so my, if you've listened to us before, my personality, my Enneagram is, is an eight challenger. I challenge everything, meaning I'll challenge everything, even a conspiracy theory. I'll challenge that. I skeptically approach pretty much everything in life and then go through it a million times in my head and try to pick it apart before I decide how I feel about something. So like with, because I was not raised a Democrat, I wasn't raised under liberal ideals. I do try to like think, why do they feel so passionately about X, Y, and Z? And I try to look at it from a logical perspective and, and try to find some neutrality so that I can understand. I don't understand how anybody can be okay. With any of this, like there, I can't even come to a reasonable conclusion other than you are either nefarious or pathetically stupid. And it has to be one of the two. If you think what's happening there is okay or just beyond ignorant. And let me just say, looking at the modern American educational system mm -hmm. and some of the parents raising these children, no wonder they're dumb. <laughs> Well, also looking at the media, they're not yeah. seeing it. I think that a lot of this, they're they're playing Taylor Swift, and you know, yeah, they're 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 focused so much. It's like while you're watching Taylor Swift, we've got millions of things going, got mil millions of people crossing the border. Yeah. I also, think, like I was yeah. real quick before we move on because I know we're about to. But I I feel like this bill that has to get passed. What else is in it? What else is in it? It's funding for Ukraine. I'm sure that's what I've heard. And then there's yes. like all the, they're packing all this stuff. That's why they want the bill passed because it's not just about border, our border security. This that's is right. what they do. They throw all this stuff in the bill. Yep. And they're like, hurry, sign it. We got to close the border. Why don't we look into what's in that bill? Yep. Right. That's Ugh. a great point. Great I don't regret it, Amy, because remember when Nancy Pelosi says we have to pass things so we can read what's in it. Yep. That alone should have made Americans lose their shit. Mm -hmm. She said that 
They're passing laws that the people who are voting for you on your behalf. And by the way, they just put a bill that was a bill up that said, basically, if you were involved in with Hamas in executing the attack on Israel in October, that you would not be allowed to seek asylum or come into the United States whatsoever. Well, first of all, how are they going to monitor that when they got a wide open ass border? You can't. You can't. Okay, but... But they voted on it. Guess what? The two people, only two people voted against it. Y'all want to guess who that was? Rashida. 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 And uh, what's the other one? But both of them are American hating women. What's her name? I can't. Hold on. I'll pull it out because y'all know. It's not AOC, is it? No, I think. Now, she is dumb. God. (laughs) I'm like, she's so dumb. It's so sad. It's so sad. And then I think about who had to vote for her. I have to be at least as dumb as she's she is. dumb, but she's not, maybe not nefarious right. in her dumbness. The, she actually Somalian, thinks her ideas are going to make the world better. And the Somalian, and I'm saying it that way on purpose because apparently we're supposed to say Somali or something. But her, because she's more Somalian than she is American, she said that basically Somalia could have America doing what it wants it to do for. I mean, Go listen to the videos, y'all. She is something. Yep. She is something. We have been infiltrated from within. Oh, that's that's what it would take to take America out. It will have to crumble from within. And and they're doing a fantastic job of that. Um, And I was just trying to find it. Um, Do y'all see that uh, while you're finding that, they just passed a, uh, or voted that illegal immigrants who get caught drunk driving will not be deported? And that was pat. That was like passed. Like most why people. They, how did they even come up with this? That's that very specific thing. Like what? Something about drunk. I'll try to find it. But something about if illegal aliens are in a, involved in drunk driving, or either an accident or caught drunk driving, that that is not grounds for deportation. Y'all mm. don't let me talk about this. Do you? <laughs> So let me talk about this on air because I'm about to say something. I'm you're, about, you're about to be paying Anderson, giving him. Do you know how many hit and runs happen in my county that are not from legal immigrants? Mm. I need to look up the stats. I'm going to look up the stats, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not a small number. Mm. Corey Bush. Now we're just going to not punish them either. Wow. Wow. <sighs> we are, we've lost it. I'm telling you, mm. I'm, I, I, I shudder to think, how are we going to get this country back? To any know. kind of sense of normalcy. It has been hijacked by idiots. Well, there right. it is. Um, 150 Democrats on. vote against a bill to deport illegals caught driving while drunk. Oh, Reporting gosh. migrants for driving under the influence. Uh, 215 Republicans, yay. Uh, 150 Democrats, nay. Hmm. Can I tell y'all something? There's also something this just reminds me. There's like a food truck that, uh, like a Mexican food food truck that's like good, authentic. I haven't eaten there, but of course my husband has um, at this place in in Wilmington. And I mean, good family owned, whatever. My daughter asked, she was like, where did it go? Where has that been? And my husband said, I think he actually got deported, had to get deported back to Mexico. So here's the thing. I am not trying to condone like the illegal, you know, whatever, but I'm like, if he was here and actually like, these are people that, and who knows, he could have been in fair. Maybe he was doing something bad and it seemed good, whatever. 
but he was actually contributing to society and then, you know, and contributing to our, our country while he was here and then gets deported back. And then you've got all these people coming over, not doing anything. We're giving them phones and places to stay. Meanwhile, we've got homelessness out the yin yang. We've got fentanyl crisis. We've got 85,000, more than 85,000 children missing. Yes. We are, it is, if you do not know this, you have to know this and we have to be a large voice to make this shiitake stop because it is scary. It is yeah. scary. And the fact that Abbott like has transferred them everywhere, it is, it is funny and clever. Yeah. But one of the guy, the guy that was on Dell on Dell victory, he actually said it makes him concerned because that's just basically planting them in all different places. It all is scattering them across. Well, and let me just also say this, although I can't blame Abbott because his state's being overrun. I don't, I don't blame him either, but I'm right. saying. Oh, I know you're not. I know. Yeah, one of the, you don't think like, yes, I don't blame him. And it's waking everybody else up. But right. it's also like now they're really scattered. Yeah, there's. Right? Yeah. Well, and I need to correct it. So it was the house on that, that bill I was talking about that um, would, would promote, pre- prevent anyone from who had participated in the mass attack from coming immigrating to the United States. The House voted 422 to 2 to 1 to ban that. And the only people to vote against was Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush, two mm-hmm. Democrats. Um, not that Republicans are any better in many things. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying that because I have a, I don't have any favoritism towards a Republican anymore either. I'm a former one, and I think all of it is crap. They're all corrupt, and it's all disgusting. And you know what? While we're on the infiltration and stuff, I want to just switch gears, Holly. If you yeah. want to talk about this, like the, what a Cheryl Atkinson podcast that we heard, yes. because something that y'all may not know, I definitely did not know until we heard this, and it makes a lot of sense with all the anti-Semitism stuff yes. that's coming up right now. We heard about like Qatar and their involvement with a lot of these Ivy League schools. So, Holly, can you like at least touch on that? So it's not even just Ivy League schools. So everybody, if you're like me and you have a child who is thinking about going to college, as I do, have a junior, and we're looking at these colleges. And one of my dear, dear friends, her son is a senior has a heart for peace in the Middle East, and so he wanted to go major in Middle Eastern studies, and then also. Um, Arabic, I believe, because he wants to go be a part of the solution in this very contentious area, right? So I started paying attention several years back when she told me she really was concerned for the safety of her and her children. And it was an eye-opener because I've never been around anti-Semitic people. And all my life, people will want to say that's a far right wing thing. I'm telling you, I know a lot of far right wing people growing up here in North Carolina. And I am telling you right now, never once heard an anti-Semitic anything, me, like ever. Neither, neither. So, so see, so all three of us are like clueless, right? So I didn't even tell her at the time, I started following Jewish Instagram um, handles and, and just educating myself. And I started to see there was a rise in the last few years in anti-Semitic attacks across the country. And in fact, all religious-based, I think 60-some percent of religious-based attacks in this country happen against Jews. And they only make up like 1% or 2% of that population, which is wild, right? Like, so why are people hating on the Jews? Well, if you're a Christian and you've read biblical history, you know why, because Satan hates God's people. And and it is a, it's always been this case. They've always tried to come after the Jews and it's just nothing new. But 
if that's not your belief, doesn't matter. We can just go right back to a Holocaust and know there is like a serious issue with someone trying to eradicate a people group. And then this comes back up after the Hamas attack on October 7th in Israel, Hamas, which is a terror group out of the Palestinians, but it is a terror group. It is mostly funded by Qatar. Okay, so stay with me because this is important. What did we just see happen? We saw anti-Semitic protest. We saw all this protesting against Jews, against Israel. We saw anti-Semitism rise even more. And we're like, and those of us who are clueless are like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. Well, get this. Guess what's been happening under our noses? Thank you, Cheryl Atkinson, one of our favorite reporters. We love you so much. She, this woman goes after the real stories and she's now an independent journalist. She did an interview and it was from December. I'm gonna go tell you to go listen to her podcast on it. But she interviews, and I'm sorry, I can't think of his name at the time, but it was someone who, some expert on this whole thing that's been exposed, Qatar is the number one country giving to, guess what, y'all, American universities. Mm-hmm. Qatar, one of the richest countries in the world, oil money, giving to American universities. And guess what? They're funding, in part, many things, but one of them is Middle Eastern studies. Guess what then they are deciding? Who is teaching in Middle Eastern studies? What's being taught? Guess what's being taught? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. Pro-Palestinian rhetoric to our American kids. Well, all you have to do is look at the, look at the, I mean, we've seen that in these like college protests, all the college, all the college kids. And they're using intellectual words like colonizer and like they're using these, these academic words and phrases that are disgusting at this point. So guess what y'all? When Qatar donated to these universities, they were supposed to report to the Department of Education that they had received that much money from Qatar. Guess how many did not? Well, I believe Harvard did not, uh, Cornell did not. So it's all coming out. They've been taking money and not reporting it. But by taking the money, they're now owned by Qatar, who's telling them what they can and cannot teach when they take that money. Again, bought and owned, corrupt, 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 corrupt. And the sad thing is, is who was going into Middle Eastern studies and now is going to have to rethink what's going on here because obviously he doesn't want to be in that type of situation. You guys, this is crazy. And we, none of us knew this was happening. We've all, I think if you listen to this podcast and you tend to agree with a lot of the things that we try to bring to the table, the topics and discussions or where we kind of draw a line and where we say, we don't believe this narrative. You probably feel the same way. We question the value of a college education now. Oh, Guess yeah. What? A recent poll said that, what is it, 50 or 60% of corporations are saying they're going to stop making a requirement to have a college education to work at their companies. Ooh, I like that. I love it. You know why? Because the shit that's coming out of these universities, excuse my language, is like... Why would you hire this? Why would you hire people to think like this? And why would we pay for our kids to learn? I'm I'm not giving you that money. No. Crap load of money. I'm not doing that for you to go teach the BS. No. And the the DEI stuff that's on college campuses, that something I've been fighting, NC State, I'm calling you out. They're saying they don't have it. And I think they have 
made some changes in the right direction, but I'm telling you right now, I won't give you a dime. I will not give you a dime as long as that crap is on your campuses. Mm-mm. There's Did no you way. The University of Wisconsin, I think, that made their students at orientation do like a white get privilege. Like these are the sure. ways that I'm privileged as a white person. Mm-hmm. These are the things I need to do better as a person because I'm white. I mean, I would draw a big fat middle finger. Could, and you, could you imagine if you were a parent? That spent money to send your kid there, and that's the worksheet they came home with? Uh, oh, my gosh. Yes. I'd just be like, no, yep, yep. Flunk me. Flunk me. Don't care. I wonder, what, I wonder if, like, in 15 or 20 years if literally universities will be bankrupt and obsolete. Yeah. Well, yep. that's what we hope because at this yes. point, this is ridiculous. Burn it down. Just go to yeah. online education. Go learn what you want online. You, you can. Yeah. Well, look at the top CEOs of the world. I mean, did any of them graduate from college? Yeah. Ever? I mean, no. listen, uh-huh. I just, I don't believe in it anymore, y'all. I mean, I'm not saying Ben is not going to college. I mean, as of right now, he's going to, but it's not for what I am paying for him to basically grow a network. I mean, yeah, I will say, that's what my son got from college. It's the social aspect of it. Because I do feel like, oh, I, mean, I wish, I want my kids to experience the college lifestyle yes. the college experience but not being indoctrinated I'm, so i said can we have like a um social college membership you know like country club like when you yeah. just pay to go to the pool can we just pay to like get a dorm and then just go to the cafeteria and the parties <laughs> you have to work. no they have to go and work somewhere like no, yes good job instead of doing that let's work like let's like you can it. hang out with all the college kids and all the friends yeah. and all the losers yeah. that have to go to class they can go right? and then you can go make money and um you know i will tell you right now that my kids educations came from the the private christian school that we came that that they that school taught them how to think and how mm. to read and how to comprehend and they are voracious readers and i yeah. swear that's what makes my children smart is mm-hmm. that they they were they had a good education and it was not from nc state and y'all know i'm a big wolfpacker but that is not where anderson got what he got he got a great network of people and he chose great people to be around that he got um he worked hard he had a job through college all those things i'm all for like y'all said getting you know detaching from mom and dad and going on your way like that's all good but the 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 crap that he had to learn, I used to ask him, I'm like, what am I paying eighty thousand dollars for? Mm-mm. And you know what he told me? A piece of paper. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. That you don't do that anything with. That's what he said. I ain't paying eight thousand dollars for a piece of paper. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. Nope. Oh, Lordy. Anyway, okay. What's our next time? Hey, Kristen, you got some some medical stuff we need to cover. We need yes. to make sure we do that. Well, let's okay, real quick, let's go back to let's play that one video with Hotez, Peter Hotez, because I want to start with that and then I'll move on to the other with the okay. They Knew. Um, okay. So we'll start with Peter Hotez. I just want y'all to hear this. Yeah, if you don't know Peter Hotez, he's the little turd that's like, like, <laughs> just, like flip-flop Fauci. Let's just listen to what he said in the very beginning. I don't remember exactly when this was. It might have been 2021. Peter's official title. Remember, he was called out by Joe Rogan on the yes, RFP yes. interview. That's the, that's the Peter Hotez we're talking about. He, he's all pro-vaccine. That's what yeah, you need Pro-vaccine to and declined a million dollars to debate. To debate. Um, um, RFK. RFK. That was that RFK. big thing. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't do it. All right, so check it out. Look that up. Yeah. Yeah. a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccine. By the way, just everybody, this is from August 25th, 2021. Yeah, August 2021. Okay. 
this was uh, first found in the early 1960s with the respiratory syncytial virus uh, vaccines. And it was done here in Washington with the NIH and Children's National Medical Center that some of those kids who got the vaccine actually did worse and I believe there were two deaths in the consequence of that study, because what happens with certain types of respiratory virus vaccines, you get immunized, and then when you get actually exposed to the virus, you get this kind of paradoxical immune enhancement phenomenon. When we started developing uh, coronavirus vaccines in our colleagues, we noticed in laboratory animals that they started to show some of the same immune pathology that resembled what had happened 50 years earlier. So, so we said, oh my God, this is gonna be problematic. And these clinical uh, trials are not gonna go quickly because of that immune enhancement. It's gonna take time. Okay, so immune enhancement. Remember, this can be called a bunch of different things. It can be called antibody-dependent enhancement, immune enhancement, uh, disease enhancement, pathogenic priming, all of those being the same thing where the body is primed to overreact when it comes in contact with the virus and thereby potentially killing the host that received the vaccine. That was the warning. Now, when we finally saw the emergency use authorization being applied for, which was the first time we were going to see what had happened in the trials and whether or not they had covered this disease enhancement or immune enhancement issue, we reported this, that it was shocking to find that in it, this is what they said about immune enhancement. However, risk of vaccine-enhanced disease, what Peter Hotez and the High Wire have been warning about over time, potentially associated with waning immunity, remains unknown and needs to be evaluated further in ongoing clinical trials and in observational studies that could be conducted following authorization and or licensure. I mean, just think about, you're seeing it all play out right now, how reckless the FDA is. I mean, it's amazing. Okay, so this is what he said, and I don't know what flipped the script for him. This is what he said before. And do you know Fauci, there's a video of Fauci even talking about this. This is why respiratory vaccines have never worked, like RSV. Think about how they're trying to push the RSV vaccine right now, because the viruses escape, the virus escape. And y'all remember, this is also what they were calling conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny talked about this in the very beginning. And it wasn't just her, so many, and people call her quack, but she knows what she's talking about. Every single thing that they've been saying, it's happening. It's happening. Just think and look at what's happening. And what he was saying is what we were saying. We need time. We need time. But then you have the Pfizer, who was she, Stephanie something, admitting on trial saying that they went by the speed of science. They didn't have time. They didn't have time to test this where they showed that like in the past, people died because of this. Mm-hmm. And think about how many people that you know that are vaccinated and then they're getting exposed. And look, everybody's getting it, whatever. But think about how many times people have gotten COVID that have the vaccine. It ain't working. And it's obviously not working. So now let's play this other clip. Okay. Just to remember. <laughs> this is the one from the CDC with our media. favorite Rochelle Walensky. This is the whole media, like the the whole pandemic of the... Um, it's like the clip. Yep. We're going to pull it up. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that first one I sent. I, know, I don't know why I had pulled it up y'all. Hold on. It, it's got Walensky on there first. Okay. Hold up. Yep. I see it. It's just had to pull her up. Coming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. By and large, this, this is an epidemic that's occurring in the unvaccinated. We have a 
pandemic among the non-vaccinated. The real problem, I think, right now in this country is that we need to vaccinate the unvaccinated. People who are not fully vaccinated are eight times more likely to test positive, 41 times more likely to be hospitalized, and 57 times more likely to die compared to people who are vaccinated. Over 97% of people who are entering the hospital right now are unvaccinated. 99.5% of COVID-19 deaths and 97% of hospitalizations are among the unvaccinated. Nearly every death from COVID-19 is a preventable tragedy. You are 17 times more likely to go to the hospital if you're not vaccinated, 20 times more likely to die. And those are significant, serious statistics. 89% of people hospitalized here are unvaccinated. 91% of COVID patients who've died in Mississippi are unvaccinated. If you look at the deaths due to COVID-19 in the United States, 99.5% of them are among unvaccinated people and 0.5% are among vaccinated people. To put it bluntly, um, in very stark terms, essentially anyone who's hospitalized for COVID right now or is in an ICU from COVID right now is there by choice, is there because they didn't make the effort to get vaccinated. Wow, is it there? I mean, many percentages they were throwing out. How many of y'all are triggered, number one? Number two, I want to know where, if they ask us, who constantly provide our resources, our source, our site, our studies. Where is that? Where are theirs? Okay. Where, where, where are they pulling that shiitake out? Right. Those numbers 41 out. 41 times more likely, blah, blah. Well, show me where that is. Yeah. Well, well, here's what's interesting. So this was once again on the high wire episode from yesterday. This is kind of, uh, oh, okay. It's from G. Okay. So jam, I think this is JAMA, a JAMA or, or J-A-M. Actually, it's not JAMA. It's J-A-M. MIA. I'll include this document. But when they were going through all this vac vaccinated versus unvaccinated, this study actually aimed to reach out to target the unvaccinated people so that they could go target that specific uh, population and say, hey, why aren't you getting vaccinated? You need to get vaccinated. You know, I guess that was their reason, but they were trying to target it. Well, what they found was that it was really hard to figure out who was actually unvaccinated because number one, if y'all don't know this, you were not considered vaccinated. If you were in the hospital, got sick, died, if it was less than two weeks after your vaccine. Okay. So you weren't technically unvaccinated, even if you got vaccinated before. So any side effects, anything that happened and you went in, then they didn't, they counted you as unvaccinated. Okay. If you got COVID within that time frame, you, it was a COVID death or a COVID illness not from the vaccine, okay, because you were, and you were unvaccinated or if you were hospitalized. So what they said, the definition of vaccinated, you could either be fully, partially, postponed or unknown. Well, you couldn't even go back and change unknown to unvaccinated. It was just unknown. Well, when they actually, they had to manually inquire about every single unknown for this study. And what they found in 4,400 patients um, with the unknown vaccination status that 44% of them were, that were unknown were actually vaccinated. So when they're giving you this statistic, this number of 99.5%, it was BS. 44% of those were actually unvaccinated. Okay. So let's just, let's just, or wait, vaccinate, whatever. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Vaccinated. Vaccinated. And, the, and the thing is, is it just goes to show that all these stats we were being, that were being thrown at us with confidence by the three letter agencies that you have trusted were lying to you or making it up or it, the, 
What we have learned about the way that they can take data and manipulate it to say whatever they want it to say, and the drug companies are masters of doing this to make it look like their drugs are far more safe and effective than they are, just FYI, it's wild to me that they just so confidently said this. And then the Biden administration, after saying they weren't going to do it, made a mandate about it. Right. Forcing millions of people to get a vaccine they did not want. And now many of them, well, we don't know the percentages because nobody will report on it, but we do know there are amongst that population people with severe injuries, issues, autoimmune cancers, heart disease, blood clots, you name it. And they, it's and out of nowhere. And it's not that they can't figure this out. They won't. It goes back to that whole, that whole theme. It's not that they can't. They won't. So the last clip real quick, Holly, because I know we need to wrap it up, is Rochelle Walensky, because you would think, okay, maybe if we wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and saying all that, you would think that like, you know, a year later, a couple months later, whatever, when all this is coming out, that they would know and that they would have this information for us, for the public with the CDC, a mass vaccination, uh, you know, program to the world with a brand new technology, a brand new therapeutic intervention wouldn't they be paying more attention? But let's just see what, what, what Walensky said. You mentioned during the opening statements, uh, you said, uh, or actually during the open question, you said uh, that we didn't get information on vaccinated hospitalizations, which surprised me. I thought we did have some of that. Uh, I imagine that also carried over to ICU visits and probably deaths too, because we don't have that. Just to be clear, we don't have that at a national level. We had CDC collect data in cohorts so that we can follow that for vaccine effectiveness studies. But at a national level, we get hospitalization data, we get hospitalization for COVID data. But at a national level, we have never been able to get hospitalization, vaccination, and COVID. Yeah, so that that, that worries me because it seems to skew the data. And I see you nod your head, yes, I agree. Well, it's, I think it's it just speaks to the real challenges in our data flows and our ability to oh. give data back to the American people when we don't have full line of sight of all the data that people are interested in. But I do want to emphasize that we did not get data in aggregate. We are, again, just to be clear, we're not looking for PII here. We did, we did not get data in aggregate um, on vaccination and hospitalizations. All that data that you're falling, filling out in the EHR does not translate into public health data. Wow. Okay, so hold on a second. I want to do something. So, let, let, so just to absorb this, on the one hand, the media, Fauci, Walensky, all of them, they're all saying that they're giving you statistics. They're telling you all these people are hospitalized or vaccinated versus unvaccinated. But then Rochelle Walensky is saying they don't have any of that data. So which one is it? Which one is it? It's not that they can't. They won't. And they, they just lie. They're, and they're, they're just they're straight lying. out lying and people believe it and the media believes it and then everybody else believes it. And then your doctors believe it because the CDC said it and then the Fauci science says it. So it must be true. Just, just please remember what happened. Please remember what just happened. They made, they made it up. They, they, they conflated stuff. They, they pulled they it out so of their ass right here. <laughs> Completely. Like, literally, they, like, did they even talk about it before they went out to give the numbers? Or did they just like write it on a piece of paper and be like, I'm just going to say this number. It sounds good. Right. Here's the thing. Either they're nefarious or they're just so unintelligent or they're just such a disorganized mess. Or maybe it's a mix of all three. Right. That it's just such a disaster and not to be trusted ever again. Ever. ever. And I want to also talk about something before we wrap up because it's all in the news and I just feel like maybe the three of us can bring 
some understanding to this because I see the free press is reporting on it today. Actually, I have my free press hat on today because I've been working out. But um, they, they're reporting on Taylor Swift and her that Republicans or that right wing people hate Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey. And they're listen, I. I think that I haven't read the article yet, so I do need to go and read it. But I think that what I'm seeing in the media is this um, assumptions that this people group feels this way about something. First of all, can we stop that? This tribal thinking. Most of us don't really belong fully in any tribe. We have our own thoughts and opinions about everything, as we should. So as three girls who don't identify as anything, just politically homeless people um, who have more who just have more conservative ideals about we love the constitution and we believe that there is right and there is wrong and it's not subjective like those that's where we come from okay so with this whole situation with with taylor swift dating travis kelsey i think the first flag that is a trigger to people who do not like what's happening in the world today is his is his twenty million dollar contract? I think it's twenty million dollar contract with Pfizer. Would you girls yes. agree? Oh yes. yes, I think that's a major part of it. <laughs> because then, what does it say? It's like, well, now you're going to go get the fellow of the month, the athlete of the month, the one who's all in the press, and you're going to manipulate people who admire him or her because we know that she's brought over all these fans to now watching NFL games, right? And they're using it to try to manipulate people into, guess what his commercial's about, guys? Getting your flu shot and your COVID shot at the same time, something that's never been tested for safety or effectiveness. Just FYI. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it looks manipulative to those of us who know the truth about Pfizer and about this vaccine. Would you guys agree about that? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So then he starts dating Taylor. Now, if you go to the far extreme conspiracies, people don't even believe their relationship is real, that this is all a PR stunt, right, to continue to push the narratives. And in an election season, because she had, Taylor has historically backed Biden, remember her Biden cookie tray, mm. that she's going to push Biden again. And of course, people who are all in the following of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are going to, it will somehow shift voters. And there was a poll that came out that said if Taylor backed someone, it would influence their vote right so this is why people who don't like biden who don't like the direction the country is going are like hey i don't really like this the attention on this couple okay kristen what's your hot take on it or what's your take on this because i know you 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 kind of see it as like the media i just i'm just sick of the media i'm like i'm like why do we even care I'm always like, I've never been a huge, like all the celebrity stuff anyway. Same. I'm like, it's interesting. It's fine. But yeah. they're Whatever. not who I care about. And and I feel like what, once again, I'm like, why are we focusing on Travis and uh, Taylor and not even showing anything about the border? Why are we not talking about what's going on? Like that actually like matters. That's, that's a right. national security crisis. That's, you know, this is where I'm. I'm like, let them have the relationship. And, and I, you know, I am sick of hearing it. I hear it on the radio. I hear it on the TV. I, and I don't even watch TV that much. I'm seeing it on social media. Everybody's talking about it. I'm like, can we just move on? Can right. we just move on? That's, I mean, that's really what, what my take is. Okay, Amy, what's your take? Sorry, I have to move. There's like a weed eater person right outside of my 
But, um, <laughs> my take is that, um, same as Kristen, like I don't really care. I feel like it's the media's conjuring up of the story and making it a big deal. And of course it's a way to now demonize the right yet again. Um, all the news, like Kristen said, you turn on the news, like any news story, it's like, let's talk about Taylor and Travis. We're not addressing the real issues that are plaguing Americans at all. It's just the same story over and over. Like, you know, you see yeah. the view, they're still talking about Trump. They are still talking about Trump. We have so many other problems, so many other problems that need addressing. And yeah. that's where it's just super annoying. It's like, we're going to focus on the, these darlings, you know, that, um, and, and they're just going to be just the, the center of attention and the media is going to find a way to say, and the Republican people just don't like them. And what is the matter with them? And just make it another way to just villainize. And like you said, Holly, like the tribalism, like a villain, you got to figure out a way to villainize MAGA, mm -hmm. which, you know, anybody who voted for Trump, just like that Jamie Dimon, the CEO of, what was that? JP Morgan. Uh, JP Morgan. Said, you know, when you're villainizing, when you're vi villainizing MAGA, if you're considering MAGA, anyone who voted for Trump, that's like 75 million Americans. Okay. Yeah. So this is what they're doing. It's just like the constant attack. And I think now they're using Taylor and Travis to do that. Well, they're politicizing everything. Now they're politicizing a relationship, yes. politicizing yes. the NFL, politicizing, just, can we just stop? And honestly, I was, I was saying this this morning, even talking to my daughter and my husband on the way to school. I'm like, why is it that they even have to like announce like if she's endorsing these people like you it is political she's making it political too you know when well, you're doing well, this yeah, and he, if she does in fact come out and endorse biden as she did the three years ago which let's be honest was not hard for her to do when all of her network her the the hollywood elites they hated trump that was she didn't take a risk mm -hmm. right when she did that but i wonder if she'll do it now I think it would be unwise of her to do it now in this way that the world is. Um, I think she'd be better off staying far away from these conversations and just doing her thing. Um, and as someone who's not a Taylor Swift fan, but not a hater either, like when she first came on the scene, I thought, what a talented young songwriter. She was a teenage girl. She had that Tim McGraw song. And you're like, that's pretty brilliant what she wrote. Mm -hmm. Then you heard more songs that she wrote. And you're like, wow, she is so talented. Did not think she was a talented singer. Um, you know, she's not, she's gotten way better. She was not at first, didn't care. I was like, that's a, that's a talented young girl. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me ask you a question. Would y'all trade lives with Taylor Swift? Absolutely no. not. No way. I think about that all the time. Like these celebrities and how, talk about like having no freedom. No Absolutely freedom, no privacy. None. You have, no. you are bought, paid for, sold, just a commodity you yep. can't even be yourself. You can't, ha I mean, that's right. Good for you, girl. I hope you enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, and, and then, you know, and, you know, she finally did write a song that said, Hey, I'm the problem. It's me, you know, which was a little self-deprecating song. If you, if you listen to the lyrics and I appreciate people who can be really honest about, well, Hey, she wrote about her love life all those years. And remember she was a teenager when she started this. So of course she wrote about her love life. Y'all, I'm not going to fault her on that. She's written about relationships and they've been obscure. And then everyone's tried to guess who she was talking about, but let's be real. She was a real woman living a real life, going through real heartache. That's what she's going to write about. I cannot fault her for that. Right. 
However, I think there's a lot of speculation of what's the what's the Kelsey song going to sound like. It wasn't because, right? Because it's just that repeated history. But then I think the, the woman in me cheers for her and says, God, I hope you find what you're looking for. Like, Watch I them get married and be together for 50 years, y'all. Right. Which would be great. That's great. That'd be great. I think what I, that's what I want people to hear. There's not, there's not Taylor hatred, okay, from a lot of us. It it's is media hatred. Media <laughs> hatred. We're just, we want to watch a football game and see her some because, of course, if you're spanning and showing the celebrities and audience and that's what you do, NFL, for ratings, fine. But, like, she's not the center of the football game, okay? Right. Like, let's let's just, like, to, to defend her, I don't think she's asking for that either, right? you know? So, again, I think what it is is because the work, the media and the systems are politicizing everything, the right's pushing back on it because... They're like, we don't like Pfizer, we don't like this shot, and we don't like someone having a sway over people. To vote for somebody who can't even make, complete a sentence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to vote really for going to endorse that. It'll be so interesting to see. The brain is not there. The brain is not there. It'll be interesting to see after the Super Bowl is over and it's about to be over, y'all. Yep. This, this whole football thing's about to be over. They're going to be out of that whole spotlight like what's going to happen are they going to stay together are they going to then switch their flip to stay relevant and then start promoting yeah. and pushing things yeah we'll mm -hmm. see or are they going to choose to go into obscurity while he's in his down season and then just have each and other and, right. and not in the life which would be great to see honestly right. i think i think i would appreciate if they just go live their lives if this is a real thing go live your lives and you you couldn't help being in the spotlight while he's playing but right. now you'll then Take a right. hike, right? And right. we'll, we'll, but again, this is all distraction, as y'all said, from the real issues. Yeah. So yep. we hope, is there anything else we need to throw in before we wrap this up? I think the only thing, Holly, because I know you needed to go, was the Trump trial. Well, I just wanted to throw that yes. out there. If y'all oh. are not, if y'all are not following um, Jessica Krause, House and Habit, we've talked about her a lot before. We got to meet her when we went to California and stuff, but she is incredible. And she is like another true citizen journalist and she covers everything and she has gone all over i mean she covers trump rfk biden like and from a She's very trump and biden's campaigns but she has not gotten an i mean i'm sorry trump and oh, rfk's campaign um, she said she has not gotten an invitation from biden yet but yeah. she did get an invitation to donate to his campaign oh well remember there's that. Mm -hmm. and that whole donation um email that she got because she shared it it was amazing was like basically all about trump so yeah. even Biden's campaign donation, like le email or whatever that he sends, um, it's all about Trump. Yeah, it's it has not nothing to do with like what he's done great or why right. she should vote yeah, for him or what he's going to do. It's about, I'm not it's Trump, Trump vote for me. Right, right. So, but well, you know he got the vote the first time because he didn't even campaign. Any, right. the, any real votes he got the first time were from people who hated Trump. There were very few that loved Biden. Right, right. I mean, even Obama apparently said, and I, we need to fact check this, but did he not say don't ever underestimate Joe's ability to F things up? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I did hear that. But um, Amy, do you have that Substack yes, pulled up? I, I just wanted to show because I will tell y'all, like, because people are so quick to say, well, he's got 91 felonies. He's got this old, now they're just like, oh yeah, see, he got indicted he, or he has to pay. Now they just believe that he was this villain. But I want you to hear if you did not know this. I didn't know this because I honestly wasn't following all this that much. It's just so ridiculous. And the fact that he was ordered to pay $83 million, which you know he's not. He's appealing. But y'all have to listen to just some of these bullet points that Jessica shared from the trial 
this will make you be like, you know, she's lying. You beyond a shadow of a doubt, this woman she's is lying. lying. And $83 million later. Well, this yeah. is what one thing she said. She said, consider for a moment what we are blindly supposed to believe here. Nearly 30 years ago, Carol seduced Trump at the peak of his budding real estate empire into a dressing room in the middle of the day at a popular department store in a crowded area to see if she could get him to put on women's lingerie, but got raped instead. Then when a New York jury didn't buy this story and failed to convict him on the rape charges, um, he was sued again for stating publicly what the jury had already decided legally, that he did not rape uh, Jean, E. Jean Carroll. So hence the defamation trial and the $83 million that she's entitled to now that she's gleefully boasting, boasting on live TV about going on shopping sprees, which I don't know if y'all saw that. She talking to Rachel Maddow. She's like, what are you going to do with your money to like advance women's rights? And she started talking about going shopping. Okay. So I didn't even realize that the jury already, um, he was already not convicted of rape. Yeah. So this was not even about rape. That's already it's off the table. Okay? It's off the table. This, this was, was about just defamation. The fact that he said, I didn't do it in public, whatever reason. Right. So here are just some key points. Um, she doesn't recall the year of the rape. Uh, the Donna Karen coat dress she claimed to be wearing during the assault. She refused to turn over for DNA uh, sampling, even though she still owns it. And wait a minute. And it was not worn or laundered since then. So she hasn't washed or worn it since then. Y'all, I did rape kits, sexual assault kits in the ER. That is what you do. You get their clothes to get the DNA. That is, that would be proof. Once again, it's not that they can't, they won't. They won't. She can, they could have made her turn that over. That right there to me is like, why? That, that, that is, that, that seals it for well, me. That's right why there. the anyway. rape case was thrown out. Ugh. I mean, that's why that was already, that was already decided. So anybody who's oh. like Trump is a rapist, you know, you're not, he's not, you're, so right. informed. you're not informed. Um, okay. She has previously accused multiple men of sexually assaulting or raping her throughout her life, including a babysitter's boyfriend, a dentist, a camp counselor, an unnamed college date, an unnamed boss, and a CBS chief executive, Lee Moonves. Um, she first made her allegations against Trump in a 2019 book, years after an episode of Law and Order showed characters discussing a role-played rape in, in a Berkdorf Goodman dressing room. Hmm. CNN reported in 2019 that Carol was an avid Law & Order franchise fan. Um, the, a rape victim, noting the similarities, pointed out the coincidence to which Carol responded that it tickled her to death. She dismissed it as a great, huge coincidence, but a magnificent one. Um, old tweets prove she had an ongoing fascination with Trump, admitting in one post that she was a big fan of The Apprentice. During the trial, it was also revealed that Carol deleted evidence of the alleged death threats she had received, the same death threats that formed the part of the jury's rationale for awarding her nearly $100 million. So those, that was deleted and can't, can't find it and can't show it. Don't you think you would have saved death threats? And, and, yeah. and I also want to interrupt, sorry to interrupt, but no, when, you're, when we're talking, if this is about defamation, how is it not defamation, defamation that she wrote about him and lied in a book? I, I don't okay. know. That's a great question. How, how is that not defamation? Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the critical pieces of evidence left-wing judge Lewis Kaplan forbade from being shown to the jury was the now infamous clip of Carol on CNN with Anderson Cooper calling rape sexy. So that was not allowed to be shown in court. Why? Exactly. Great question. Carol lied about who was funding her legal fees. It was later revealed to be Reed Hoffman's American Future Republic group, and Hoffman is a major donor funding Nikki Haley's campaign. Yep. Hmm. Um, 
Interesting. Let's Connect see. the dots. Follow the money. Far from a compelling claim, <laughs> the 80 year old writer laid out the story that her supposed rape occurred in either 1994 before altering the day to be in the fall of 1995 or the spring of 1996. She couldn't remember specifics. How do you not remember between three years? Three years. I can understand you don't remember what, what week or what, maybe what you month. Were raped? Do you, you were not think you were one of the most powerful men in the world in a public dressing room? That'd be like marked in my calendar. Same. There'd be no confusion of when I was raped. Meanwhile, this woman has $83 million. My, they are trying to bankrupt him. They're just- no, They're trying to slander him. They're trying to just ruin his name. And it's just, yes. uh, honestly, I think it's actually helping his case because it's just showing how they're all out against him. And not oh. to mention the Fannie Willis stuff. Like, I mean, we haven't even oh. touched on that, but oh. yeah. Whew, that's another conversation, and I know Holly needs to go. Well, well, well I do, but I, I, I want people to know what's happening. I want you to understand right in front of your eyes. They are they are manipulating everything, and they're getting away with it. They're getting away with it. I mean, what are what are we gonna do? I know that more than half this country is not as stupid as someone like this woman. I know, or the jury, or the judge, like. This is crazy. Listen, this is coming from someone who personally did not like Trump at all when he was on The Apprentice. I thought he was arrogant. But when we were after Obama, I just felt strongly this country needed a businessman to run it mm -hmm. because of the deficit. I'm an accountant by trade. Like the deficit and the financial state of our country was in such a mess, printing money and doing all this stuff. I was like, we need a businessman to get in here and fix this. Mm -hmm. It was the reason I even looked at Trump as a candidate. And I remember I was one of the first in my friend group of conservative friends. I was like, I'm looking at Trump. And they thought I was crazy. And I was like, listen, I don't like him. But guess what? I don't think I've ever liked anyone running for president. Right. Yeah. You think I like John McCain? No. And if you do like him, it's just because they're slick tongue talking, right. telling you what I you mean, want to hear. That's the reason why I looked at Trump is because he was not a politician. That's like, it. I didn't even look at it from the business aspect. I just looked at it from like, I'm so tired of these politicians getting yep. up here and trying to sound like they know all this and yep. oh, they're going to do all this. And then Maybe nothing ever happens. They're terrible. I want somebody who has no affiliation with any of it, right. who has their own money. They're not bought. Yes. You know, that was and, huge. That, and he said whatever he thought. And yeah. it didn't mean you had to like it. But don't y'all find it refreshing when someone just says what they mean? In this era of political correctness, I remember going to New York City in 2019 or 2018, December 2018, and with my son, Anderson, and everyone said Merry Christmas. Even when they looked like they were from another country, they said Merry Christmas. And do you remember that was Trump's whole thing? Why have we stopped saying Merry Christmas? You don't have to celebrate Christmas. You're free to celebrate whatever you want. But we're not going to not say Merry Christmas when the large part of the population celebrates Christmas. Right. right? It's just logic. He appealed to logic. If you listened, and Jessica Krause says this, she said, I hated Trump until I started listening to the full context of the speeches. And she said, and I realized he is so taken out of context. Yeah. They, they just take sound bites and they turn it into something else. Yep. Like Charlottesville. Remember when they were like, called him a bigot in Charlottesville when he clearly denounced what had happened. Didn't matter. They just took little bits because he talks off the cuff. He's not always using his speech writers to deliver his messages. Mm -hmm. And he tweets and he tweets. And again, this is not a defense of Trump. This is me saying how a rational, level-headed person can still vote for Trump 
even if you don't like everything he says and does, but you can appreciate what he can get done for the country. Well, and you realize he has to tweet because how else is he going to say what he needs to say when the media will not cover what he's trying to say? MSNBC won't even put his speeches from the primaries on or, you know, from the caucuses. They won't even air them. They won't even let their listeners listen to him talk. Wow. And let me tell you something. It's amazing how the foolish things of this world are confounding the wise, just like the Bible said it would. Because let me tell you, guess who's spouting truths out? Probably more than any other profession right now, it's the comedians. Yes, yes. I mean, the funny men have become the truth tellers. Yep. And Dave Chappelle got on Saturday Night Live, one of the biggest hours in NBC, or hour and a half, whatever it is, and says, well, people don't like Trump. But let me tell you something. If you listen to what he said, he told Hillary Clinton that he didn't pay his taxes, not because he's crooked, but because he's smart and because he follows the tax rules that she could have changed for the 30 years she's been in politics, but didn't. Because why? Because her donors play by the same rules. And Trump said, you saw Obama and Hillary over there sitting there like smug. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh. Trump said what the average American thinks about these elite jackasses. That's just the truth. And it does appeal. And it's why he has a base. And the more you come after him, the more it makes people want to say, you know what? Game on. Yep. Yep. Game on. So we shall see. But go vote and and vote smart and be educated because Lord have mercy. It's never been more important. And pray. And pray. (laughs) Jesus. Listen. If this, if this next election don't go right, we know Jesus is coming back because there ain't no way. We can't keep doing this. No. We cannot keep doing this. We can't do four years. No. Right. Just too much. We need just that. Too just too much. Right? God, just too much. Just too much. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks All for right. tuning in. Bye. Bye.